0: Oh, oh, Hello to our listeners, and welcome to the N4D series, The Politics of Ending Malnutrition, which is a weighty subject. Now, in this episode, we're focusing on something called National Information Platforms for Nutrition. Now, that's abbreviated for our listeners to nip in. I'm joined today by my co-hosting colleague and fellow N4D director, Jeremy Shoham. Do you want to say hello, Jeremy? Hello,
1: everybody. Hello, everybody. Nice to be here.
0: I want to introduce our guests today, who are three excellent colleagues from Niger. We have Mababu, Mohammed, and Bala Rabi, who I think likes to go by the abbreviation Bala. Now, Mababu and Mohammed are part of the technical assistance which supports NIPIN. Mababu is a statistician and analyst of data, and Mohammed is the policy formulation and strategic communication advisor to Nipin. And more broadly, Balarabi is the former Nipin coordinator and is the senior nutrition statistician for Nipin. Now, all of our colleagues from Niger uh, sit in different uh, departments within Niger institutions But before we go on, uh, I'd like each of our guests to say hello. 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 Thank you very much. It's lovely to have you here. Now, I just want our listeners to know that Jeremy and I were lucky enough to meet with all of you uh, when we visited Niamey, which is the capital of Niger, in February of this year. And we had the opportunity to come and spend time with you all because Niger was selected as one of the deep dive countries that we want. to visit when we were carrying out the evaluation of Nipin that N4D undertook on behalf of GIZ. Now, the reason we selected Niger is because Niger is considered uh, as one of the best performing Nipin countries, having made significant progress with Nipin. And I think just to say, we left Niger feeling that it'd been such a privilege to see one of the most successful development projects in our long experience of working in the sector. So without further ado, let me hand over to Jeremy.
1: Thank you, Kamal. Yes, so to my uh, colleagues in Niger, the first question really is if you could help us understand how NIPIN is located institutionally in Niger in government, and how this fits with decision making uh, in the Nigerian government in its efforts to combat malnutrition? Thank you
2: very much for this, your uh, interesting question. So what I uh, will say is uh, in Niger, uh, NIPIN is placed under the, the strategic leadership of the High Commission for the initiative uh, Nigerian Feed the Nigerian, that 3 HC 3 n And uh, the operational uh, steering of the National Bureau of Statistics is responsible for the coordination of the data uh, collection. Okay. Uh, Remember also that the the High Commissioner of the initiative through is in charge of a uh, multi-sectoral coordination in the field of nutrition. So the NIPEN uh, uh, in Niger has its own steering committee made up of the uh, secretary-generals of uh, the key ministry, uh, which is chaired by the secretary-general of the ministry responsible for ENS, which is the Ministry of uh, Planification and uh, Development. Also, uh, you know, the National Bureau of Statistics has access to to statistical data, and uh, it produces nutrition-related analyses that are used at strategic level by the High Commissioner through the Technical Committee of the National Nutrition Security Policy for better uh, decision-making at governmental and uh, parliamentary level.
1: Thank you, uh, Ballet. That sets the scene very nicely, and I think uh, we'll go, go to the next question.
0: Yeah, I think for our listeners, what's really exciting about Nipin in Niger is how it's located within such important initiatives within government, and government. Itself is highly committed to combating um, malnutrition. But I think what would be interesting to hear about is the analysis of all the data. But perhaps you could tell us what you're working on currently. So, what analysis are you doing, and how will this feed into policy analysis to help in really to help government make decisions based on reasonable or even good evidence?
2: Okay, uh, Carmel, we are working on the analysis related to the determinant of the dietary diversity among uh, adolescent girls and women. We are also doing analysis on dietary intakes among children, adolescent girls and women. We are also doing some analysis on food quality using a new approach the Global Dietary uh, Quality Score. Also, we are looking at the impact of uh, climate change on the nutritional security of vulnerable groups on, on food production. And we, we hope that uh, this result, uh, the result of this analysis will contribute to improve uh, decision-making on sectoral and multisectoral nutrition development policy and program, including uh, promotion of uh, healthy diet, Strengthening sustainable and resilient resilient food system, and also to build a sustainable and integrated nutrition system in Nigeria.
3: Jeremy and Carmel, we are also in discussion with uh, Nutrition4D, with uh, Jeremy and, and yourself, to go deeply on the understanding of humanitarian development uh, nexus for mm. nutrition. We already started by developing previously. Uh, a policy brief on this issue, and now wanted to go deeply regarding the different crises that Niger is, is facing.
0: Yeah, thank you very much, Mohammed, And uh, Mababu, anything to add from your side? Because I have to say, it's so impressive just to hear the range of analytical work you're undertaking. I mean, all the way from thinking about certain groups in the population, so adolescent girls and women, and their, you know, what informs the kind of diet, how diverse is the diet that they can access, Um, all the way to food quality issues. And then the huge question of what will be and what is the impact of climate change currently on nutrition indicators in Niger because Niger, like many countries, uh, both where everything's located, but even more broadly, is facing a lot of climate risks. And so what you're doing is very expansive from the analytical data analysis side in order to inform policy. So congratulations on all of that. Anything to add um, from your side, Mababu?
4: Yeah, I can uh, add uh, something that uh, the the analysis uh that was described by uh, Balarabe are indicated in our plan card analysis. donc Every two years, Pinin, uh, Pinin uh, Niger elaborates uh, a document we call plan card analysis, which who describes uh, the need information of the decision maker and uh, do we we prioritize uh, some question and this question uh, are analysis are done by uh, pinning pinning teams to answer this question in order to help uh, decision makers to give Mm -hmm. them all the information necessary. we have also questions that are not prioritized, and for the question which are important, also we make collaboration with university, with us, as other institution to answer these the questions. So we have the, the analysis we are going to be, we are being done by the opinion teams, but we we, we are working also with other uh, colleagues with other institutions to make uh, analysis uh, like the, the the relation between uh, nutrition and the climate we are been in our plan but uh, nutrition with uh, ge- gender relationship don't, and there's uh, analysis are being done in collaboration with university and other institutions.
1: It's, so, it's always so impressive isn't it Kamal that I mean as you said that the range of questions that you're tackling and it's also I think Share is a little bit unique in the Nippin family in that you are collaborating with others to do some analysis where, where Nippin itself is, is already full up with trying to analyze a certain number of questions. It just shows how so many stakeholders have question, have policy questions that they desperately need to get answered. If anything is going to guarantee sustainability, which we'll come on to a bit later, perhaps it's it's this generated interest and in, debate. In demand for Nippin services. So impressive. Um, and I guess that, that really leads on, on to the third question, which in a way you started to answer. What would you say have been the main achievements of Nippin in, in phase one and so far in phase two, um, and where you've really achieved something that you're proud of?
2: I would say that the main achievements of uh, Nipin, okay include, uh, among others, the launch of the website. If it's all its feature, you have seen it is a very interesting website. We have also the production of uh, reference documents, like some toolkits for capacity building, and analyses uh, analysis that are produced, uh, some reports, the leaflets, the synopsis, the policy brief, all these things, and their impact at strategic and political levels as as you mentioned now. I may maybe see the government's adoption of the roadmap for financing nutrition. We have also the member of parliament who had promised to take a close look at the financing of nutrition in the programming laws that are submitted or that will be submitted to them. We have also, uh, not the least, the involvement of the President of the Republic in the term of food system, so on. we can also uh, uh, add uh, the reinforcement of the appropriation of the multi-sectorality of nutrition right. by the different ministerial departments. We have also the capacity building of several actors on the nutrition uh, team. I can take the examples of uh, Neutral Pro, which is a program being uh, run by the university. We have also the reinforcement, the capacity building via the nutrition toolkit in the capital, but also at a regional uh, level. So this is in brief what I can say. The main Achievement of Nipen
3: in phase
2: one and also in phase two.
1: Does Mababu and Mohamed want to add anything else?
3: Yes, just to add that the, our our toolkits, as already posted uh, in the website, are largely used actually in all francophone countries. This is, I think, uh, a big achievement, not only for Niger but also to contribute to uh, largely uh, at regional level. We also trained uh, outside the country, two staff, two Nippon staff. Balarabe, who is speaking here and sitting here, is he, trained in, uh, in nutrition at, uh, in Ghana, two-year two year training. And we also trained uh, our uh, informatician in big data. And uh, I think the two staff currently are really improved our work, our analysis. To have uh, it's I think it's 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 very uh, it's not common to see a, a statistician uh, with nutrition background and and it's it's a necessity for for uh, the Sahel countries because nutrition as I, I remember that Carmel told us uh, we have very, very multi coexistence of multiple form of multiple form of malnutrition in niger and it's a, a, a very big challenge. And you see, Related to Neutral Pro, it's a, a, co- a one-year course running by the university for in-service training. It's for all sectors concerning by uh, by nutrition. The, fo- the nutrition focal, focal points who are not trained in nutrition at, at different sectors like like water and sanitation, social protection, emergency, and uh, disaster. All the focal points are following the first uh, the first edition of this course and they just finished their training
4: okay what i i can add something don't like uh, as uh, bala said i think the main achievement is the website of the of the opinion and in the in this website we have uh, two important products the first is what we call uh, nutrition info uh, lists uh, all the main nutritional indicators w- which are very important for the monitoring of the national nutrition security policy. And we have another tool we call uh, anado where we uh, we put the database, anonymize it, uh, which are made available to to researchers. Thank you.
0: I mean, that, that was so nice to you all wanting to keep adding to the list of things that you're proud of, and, and rightly so. And one thing I want to say for our listeners is that what we will do is, is post the website link to the Niger Nin, because some of the things you're mentioning, I think our listeners from Francophone countries and beyond will want to visit your website and look at these uh, impressive toolkits and the reference documents and policy briefs uh, and really learn uh, from your processes in Niger. So thank you for that. Of course, in any complex initiative, there are going to be challenges. And what I would like you to do is for our listeners, just describe what for you have been some of the challenges along the way Um, in realising these impressive achievements.
2: Okay, Uh, Carmel, to be honest, uh, Carmel, it took us an enormous, a tremendous sacrifice to achieve the present result. Sometimes we have to take some very hard decision to make things go. For instance, sometimes you may have to get rid of some stuff for us to achieve our goal. Also, it wasn't easy for Nipen team to federate, to unite people from different backgrounds around a a common cause or a common vision. Though the objectives have been largely achieved However, there are some certain aspects within this objective uh, that deserve to be addressed with a particular attention. This uh, include, for instance, uh, the systematic implementation of data cleansing workshop session. This is our, one of our failures. Uh, this w- uh, data will help us, it is helping us to feed the online database on time. We have also the production of important nutrition indicator which are not yet produced and uh, are not regularly updated. Also inappropriation of the graphic charter which was developed by Nippen for the staff of the uh, INS. This is very regrettable that uh, yet we have uh, many of our staff that do not uh, have, uh, you, are not using this uh, charter.
0: Thank you so much. And I'm really struck by your early comment about the enormous sacrifice and dis- hard decisions you had to take. And I guess that required quite a lot of leadership um, amongst you, um, in government particularly. Uh, to make those hard decisions. But I wonder, uh, Mababu Mohammed, Mohamed, is there anything you'd like to add?
3: Yes. From my side, uh, I can say uh, because of the, uh, the workload, we concentrate for phase one our effort on at national level. We just did uh, a very few activities at... Uh, decentralized level uh, training only training activities and uh, this is why uh, these weaknesses are translated into into the phase two that i think we will speak about it uh, later this is one of the shell, uh, the main uh, difficulty uh, but our website is uh, is, use, is used is at, used uh, uh, at decentralized level where people have access to internet. Uh, they use it as a, the website is used um, as a source of information. One of the difficulty also uh, raised uh, is to, uh, yeah, to make sure that our product are disseminated properly, uh, our policy brief and toolkits. And uh, yeah, we, it's a kind of challenge to produce in the same time to disseminate and to stimulate mm-hmm. the decision maker to to use the uh, these materials mm-hmm. or these products. This is uh, also uh, another challenge. But uh, uh, yeah, we we can say that um, we did what we can do. So.
0: Exactly. We we
3: need to do more, but...
0: uh. (laughs) Um, Mababu, anything to add to that?
4: Yeah, but I think what we have to to do more effort is uh, in improving the involvement of uh, contributing sectors Mm. and the access to administrative data. I think it is uh, a challenge for, for us. And this is why we decide in phase two to add two, two new sectors, humanitarian humanitarian action and uh, social protection.
0: Okay. No, that that's um, you've been very frank with us about some of those challenges. And as Mohammed said, we're gonna obviously come on to now. I think Jeremy will probably frame this, um, thinking about phase two, which is the phase of nipping that you're in now. And where you're heading in the future? So, shall I hand over to you now, Jeremy?
1: Thank you. Yes. So, um, and you've you've already talked to some extent about various initiatives in phase two, uh, and the the policy. Uh, questions that you're involved in. You've referred to uh, hope to decentralise the work more. So just following on from that, uh, what, what are the other areas that you hope to make progress in, in phase two? And of course, we recognise that the political turbulence at the moment uh, is delaying things. But uh, if all things were were kind of, if things were calmer and more easy, uh, what, what, what are the ambitions for the remainder of Phase Two?
2: Okay, for for Phase Two, uh, uh, one of uh, the objective, some of the objective will be, uh, let me say, the consolidation of what has been achieved. We have to at least keep going, uh, keep uh, consolid- consolid- uh, consolidating what we have achieved and to ensure that the nipping is a useful tool for decision-making at a higher level in Niger. So action or actions will focus on strengthening the nutrition capacity of sectoral and regional player to ensure greater appropriation of nipping products and services. We also uh, might think of scaling up the platform to be sub- at, to be at sub-national level by taking into account the regional specificity in the the uh, coming uh, uh, plan cadre analysis and also uh, supporting the regional multi- sectoral coordination. I think this uh, issue can be, the priority uh, priorities for the second phase of uh, nipin
1: okay thank you, thank you bala um and in in terms of before i ask uh, mababu and uh, Muhammad if they want to add anything in terms of having an impact on actual policies um i mean when we were in the i think we discussed amongst all of you that it was probably too soon to see an impact of nipin work on policies because of the length of the policy cycle. But is there anything on the horizon that you can see in terms of policy change as a result of Nipin's work?
3: Yes, uh, I can say, yes, we have some changes. Um, For example, uh, the multisectoral action plan, the second multisectoral action plan of nutrition Mm -hmm. uh, is is formulated based on... uh, the analysis the analysis that uh, Nippen done uh, and also uh, the nipen team uh, was associated to all phases of the formulation of this action plan as a support uh, technical support for its formulation. Uh, the second example is uh, the dialogues that uh, dialogues on policy on on food system transformation, as part of the United Nations um, semi- on food systems uh, in 2021, this dialogue also was based uh, on some of uh, uh, products of um, of Nipen, and also the team also supported the government in formulating a, ro- a roadmap uh, on food system transformation. For better, for healthy diets. Uh, and this uh, uh, roadmap was translated into uh, the multi sectoral action plan of nutrition mm-hmm. for the implementation and uh, the 3N action plan as well. This is the two examples that I. Uh, we have several others in, in the area of capacity building. but uh.
1: So Nippon is really at the heart of all the big nutrition uh, plans and policy initiatives.
0: That's very impressive. Um, about yes. a- Anything you would want to add before uh, we move on?
4: Yeah, I think we, Mohamed and uh, Bala have shown a, um, experience, an uh, example who shows the, the contribution of Pinin in making the decision. I, I can uh, give you another example because the following uh, parliamentary seminar we organize. Uh, a deputy uh, has proposed a law on a food. And this is the uh, first time in uh, the life of a of Niger that we see a uh, kind of initiative. And, uh, and this is uh, uh, following uh, the parliamentary seminar uh, Pinin has organized.
0: Fantastic. That is such yeah. an achievement, isn't it? To get into the heart yeah. of politics. And actually, as I mentioned in the introduction, the whole podcast series that N4D is involved in is on the politics of ending malnutrition. So mm-hmm. there's no better way of doing that than engaging the political leaders of the country. So uh, hugely impressive. And I think what that makes me, and I'm sure all of you um, think about all the time probably, is... Given how how much progress has been made with Nipin in Niger in a relatively short period of time, how is it going to be sustained? And even since we visited back in February, where I know we talked about this, for our listeners to understand that Nipin thus far, uh, not just in Niger, but generally, has been largely externally funded. By that, we mean donor funded. But for Niger, do you think there is the likelihood of being able to continue Nipin were external funding to decline uh, or cease entirely after phase two? But what's your thinking about the sustainability of Nipin going forward?
2: Uh, uh, Carmel, thank you. So, for nipping in Nigeria, we have, uh, let me say if I do not abuse the technical capacity, so the technical sustainability of nipping is uh, assured. We see that the process of formulating the plan cadre analysis, the process of carrying out the analysis can be managed autonomously by the High Commissioner and the uh, NIPEN unit in the National Bureau of Statistics without any deterioration of the quality of the product. The main challenge now lies in ensuring financial sustainability. The NIPEN activity are already integrated into the uh, National Bureau of Statistics planning and certain are included in the action plan for the national uh, nutrition security policy. However, state funding only covers the cost of permanent staff. The NIPIN will be, uh, let me say, viable by gradually integrating the funding of this activity into the National Bureau of Statistics uh, annual budget.
0: Mm. So
2: so what I mean uh, also, the national uh, information platform for nutrition must create the condition for its own survival and to do this it must produce information that is essential for decision making in the field of nutrition so that the state will agree with us to finance it in the event that the external uh, funding might be lacking
0: i think that's very clear and as you say that technical sustainability is less of a concern it's more the finances needing for staffing and web hosting and so forth i really like your expression that nipin must create the conditions for its own survival because what you're talking about there really is ensuring the continued relevance and demand for nipin services So that people sit back and say, well, we we need Nipin. We need Nipin to continue. And without it, we're not going to have the level of analysis to inform decision making that's so vital when you're trying to tackle malnutrition. You know, this kind of more demand-driven model for an initiative like Nipin is probably absolutely the way to go because the more it shows And as you've been doing in Niger, it's value-add. The more people are going to want to buy into it and and fund it beyond the existing donors for Nipin, perhaps more broadly, and certainly within uh, the state funding further along the road. Um, Mohamed and Mababu, did you want to add anything on sustainability of Nipin before we move on?
3: Perhaps one uh, additional issue, but it uh, is related to to have nipen as, as a component of uh, institutional national of statistic organigram we need really to advocate and to uh, this is the condition to to have also uh, a budget if uh, nipen is not part of the, of the organigram of the, one of the uh, involved institutions i think the the, the financial sustainability will not be uh, uh successful. so uh, and we, this is the challenge for us and to see how uh, before the end uh, of the phase two uh, how really uh, nippon will be integrated into uh, one of the two station uh, organigram, part particularly uh, ins
0: and babu you were gonna add something
4: Yes, yeah, as said by uh, Bala and Mohamed, uh, uh, at the technical and institutional level, uh, Pinin has made several assi- achievements. And our main challenge now is lies in uh, financial substantive- sustainability. Yeah. But uh, we are uh, positive because over the last few years, Pinin has demonstrated its uh, legitimacy and it's important in the field of the nutrition, uh, as the people you met during your visit uh, have certainly told you. We, what we have to do is to pursue advocacy action for a gradual inclusion of uh, Pinin course on said, said bid, 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 budget. Mm. And we are going so far in this avenue.
0: Great. Well, thank you. And I'm just aware that we're um, uh, the clock is ticking on our time together. But I wanted, first of all, just to thank you all for speaking with us in English, because it would be so much easier for all of you if we were chatting in French. So huge apologies. <laughs> uh, this is happening in English. And apologies to our Francophone listeners as well. But anyhow, we have managed because all of your English is so, so good. So thank you for your patience with that. It means a lot to us. So I just want to end by thanking you all so, so much for your time chatting with us on this podcast today. It's such a pleasure. To unite back with you all, even though we're not there in person, but we truly hope we will get to come back and work with you all again in Niger when things are calmer. And, of course, to wish you all the very best with the Nipin efforts. So many countries look to you in Niger to show them the way for nipping. So we wish you the very, very best and thank you wholeheartedly for your time today.
4: Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, you, Carmel. Goodbye.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Hello, this is Jeremy Shoham here from N4D. Today, we're very fortunate to have in our podcast studio, Dr. Aragash Samuel from EPHI in Ethiopia, and our Dr. Samuel has coordinator of the NIPIN project since 2019. She's also responsible for coordinating a number of projects in EPHI, and she's worked in different positions in EPHI, including being the director, the deputy director, and team leader. She's involved in a number of research activities as principal investigator or co-PI, and authored numerous scientific papers as well. Dr. Arakesh is also engaged uh, in a number of other projects, including executing the National Food and Nutrition Strategy Baseline Survey conducted in 2021. And um, Dr. Arakesh also has a PhD, which she uh, got in Nutrition and Health Sciences at Bhagavan University, uh, also a master's degree in Food Science and Nutrition from Tamil Nadu in India, So I make it that you've actually had your education, Dr. Aragesh, on three different continents, which is quite an achievement. Anyway, welcome to our podcast and thank you for joining us today.
5: Thank you, uh, Jeremy, for inviting me to join your uh, podcast.
1: Well, we're delighted that you could be with us. So um, I think we want to start off perhaps, uh, Dr. Aragesh, by you telling us a little bit about how Nipin in Ethiopia is configured institutionally? Where does it sit? Uh, Which entities, which institutional entities are responsible for its implementation?
5: Thank you very much uh, Jeremy. Uh, NIPN National Information Platform for Nutrition is hosted by Ethiopian Public Health in Ethiopia, uh, and it it works under the Food Science and Nutrition Research Directory. Uh, actually, this project started uh, like the discussion initiated in 2017, but the signing of agreement has started uh, was done in 2018 and uh, we are, we are uh, working since uh, 2018. Uh, actually, the European Union has made its own assessment to identify which organisation is the right uh, place to host NIPN, and there, uh, through that uh, quick assessment, uh, they have agreed to have a NIPN uh, at EPHI. Uh, as it is known by some people, Ethiopian Public Health Institute is a technical arm of the Minister of Health. Uh, Minister of Health is currently supporting and leading the multisectoral coordination of food and nutrition-related initiatives and agendas in the country uh, in my opinion uh, ephi is the right place to host Nippon. and also uh, th- there are different strategies and policies in ethiopia for example we have food and nutrition policy we do have food and nutrition strategy in this strategy there are different steering committees uh, one is uh, monitoring and evaluation research steering committee the other one is food safety steering committee food, food and nutrition program Uh, steering committee, and also we do have food fortification steering committee. So out of the four steering committees uh, feeding to the strategy, uh, the monitoring, evaluation, and research steering committee chair uh, is Ethiopia, EPHI. So uh, EPHI, by being a chair for monitoring, evaluation, and research steering committee for food and nutrition, I think uh, Nippon is Uh, rightly uh, situated at EPHI. I can uh, boldly Mm. say this, because uh, this monitoring uh, evaluation and research steering committee, by its nature, is a multi-sectoral. So those signatories of the strategy are members of the steering committee. So Mm. this helps Nippon to easily access uh, the different signatory sectors and uh, to have engaged with them. So I think that will be a right uh, Mm. place for EPHI. And uh, apart from this, uh, it, uh, in, International Food Policy Research Institute, uh, IFPRI, it provides technical support to NIPPEN. And uh, in NIPPEN too, we have also GIZ, which provides financial and technical assistance for implementing Nippon activities.
1: I think that's a, 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 a very comprehensive uh, description of the institutional arrangements, uh, Aragash. So thank you. Um, when we spoke earlier in the year, uh, you explained to me about the various achievements and outputs of NIPIN, the policy briefs, the data repository, etc. Um, perhaps in in your own words, you could you could summarise what you see as the main achievements of NIPIN so far.
5: Yes, uh, the main achievements of NIPIN so far we have, uh, as as you know, we we work on policy questions. Uh, we also prepare technical reports. So far, we have 15 policy questions that were responded by nipen team in 2023. We are able to complete five technical reports. And also there are some analysis that are ongoing on four identified uh, policy questions. And so far, we do have 12 plus policy briefs that are prepared and uh, uh, our own uh, website, which we uh, upload all our uh, technical report and the policy briefs. Apart from this, we do have uh, about 12 uh, pieces of uh, met- metadata which are published on our website. So mm-hmm. for each metadata, we we have prepared a data description, a codebook, and we have uh, taken the questionnaires used to collect that data. So this helps us researchers to get more information about the existing nutrition and health related data sets. So apart from this, we we also uh, organize uh, trainings, several trainings for different partners, uh, participants from different organizations. Uh, For example, in this uh, year, we have already conducted five training for different audiences, for different participants uh, from different sectors and from research organizations, from universities on uh, different topics so basically we get uh, training topics by having a kind of uh, need assessment among our uh, stakeholders Uh, we are very happy to say that we have also given long-term capacity building activities uh, for six researchers so five of them are from ephi and one was from minister of agriculture so totally we have Six researchers who are sponsored to do their PhDs from the Snippen project. We also have supported uh, two PhD students who are already uh, who have already started their PhD some time ago, but who had a shortage of uh, finance to complete their PhDs. So they they were uh, two. Uh, EPHI staffs in our department. So we have uh, provided financial assistance for these two PhD students as well. We do have an open dashboard, which is already available on our website. We are revising. We are late in our plan, but uh, at this moment, we are happy. At least we have started doing some revision on our dashboard. I
1: I suppose another question, uh, Aragash, is, um, Mm -hmm. is to think, or to ask you about what you feel have been the main challenges in establishing Nipin and getting it to work in the way that you want it to work. And I ask that question not so much to to, to shine a light on what may have been difficult in Ethiopia, but to help um, other countries that may be thinking of establishing a similar approach to Nipin. What, what have you learned about The challenges of of establishing this kind of initiative this kind of government-owned data system which allows uh, policy questions to be articulated and answered
5: getting data from multi-sectoral offices is one of the biggest challenges we face we have faced so far Uh, as you know uh, research like especially in low and middle income countries, researchers are not uh, fully aware of the use of uh, metadata. Hmm. So we we face a challenge uh, when we, whenever we meet researchers or during every meeting, we try to encourage uh, sectors and organizations to provide their data to uh, EPHI, to uh, Nippon, so that uh, metadata is prepared. But uh, the data use culture is very low uh, in Ethiopia. Mm. So Mm. uh, getting data is one of the biggest challenge. That's why you see, even in the last three years, we only have 12 12 metadata on our website. And Mm. another one is we have high staff turnover uh, uh, at EPHI even if it's a project uh, you know uh, because of the inflation and because of the um, um, high uh, living uh, expense uh, the third challenge i can say is a bureaucratic procedure and lengthy procedure at government organization like ephi Um, so uh, the procurement is very delayed and even Mm, signing, for example, signing a grant, sub grant agreement with uh, public health institutes and with other research institutes is uh, a time taking con- uh, activity. So uh, yes. I can say the bureaucratic and lengthy procedure. Of getting done, getting things done is one of the challenges we are facing.
1: I have one last question, Aragash. Which, well, there are two <laughs> questions, but I guess we can merge them into one. Um, so I, I did want to ask you about the progress Nipin has made in devolving to the regions. But I'm maybe maybe we could just have a, a bigger question, which is in the remainder of Phase Two, Nipin, what what are the ambitions? Uh, for the program, what are you hoping
5: to achieve? Yeah, thank you. Uh, yes, uh, regarding uh, cascading or devolving Nippon to region, we have uh, very very recently we have conducted a feasibility assessment to identify which which of the six regional public health and institutes are uh, ready to to cascade to have Nippon cascaded in their. Uh, public health institutes. So we purposely uh, select, you know, we have 11 plus regions at this moment. Uh, so we we purposely decided to have only uh, interview or a survey on regional public health institutes uh, because uh, relatively uh, NIP, uh, as you know, nippon works on data sets. So uh, public health institutes are the, uh, the right Place to have Nippon. So uh, we identified six regional public health institutes and we have prepared a kind of matrix, uh, a criteria matrix, and we have prepared a checklist. And our team has traveled to all the six regional uh, regions, to all the six regions, and conducted an assessment. And we have uh, identified uh, uh, a region where the Public Health Institute is relatively ready to have some Nippon activities cascaded to. Mm. And apart from this, we had a side discussion in our last global gathering in Brussels, and uh, one of. Mm, uh, my ambition or the team's ambition is to have Nippon Hub uh, as a regional level for Ethiopia and other uh, African countries so that is very uh, a big ambition to have a Nippon Hub in Addis.
1: That's uh, very impressive and on so many levels and given the flavour you've given us of some of the challenges you face around staff turnover and bureaucratic procedures and of course Covid, um, it's well, it's it's very uh, laudable. So it's very it's so encouraging to hear the progress. Um, I just want to to thank you again, uh, Aragesh, for giving such uh, comprehensive answers. And just to say, it's uh, always a pleasure to speak with you. And and thank you for being part of this podcast. Thank bye you bye-bye.
5: very much. Bye bye.